You're listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast, where you'll learn how to earn income, live better, and put your money to work for you. Here's your guide on your path to personal profitability, Eric Rosenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Personal Profitability Podcast. As always, I'm your amazing host, Eric Rosenberg, and I'm coming to you live from Podcast Movement. It's a conference taking place today in Chicago, Illinois. I traveled here for it. Um, It's similar to FinCon, which you've heard a lot about in the past. I'm actually sitting at the FinCon table um, with with some FinCon friends who we're going to talk to in a minute. Before we start talking to them, I have to tell you a really, really cool quick story. So this morning, the uh, opening keynotes took place, and... um, I saw two speakers that I was like super excited to see, almost like a little fanboyish. The first one that I was super excited to see was Anna Sale from the podcast Death, Sex, and Money. I've been listening to it since the beginning. I was totally excited by what she had to say. But after her, we saw in the flesh the real live Silent Bob. Yes, Kevin Smith. So I'm like totally buzzing right now. I just saw Kevin Smith, and I grabbed my friends Miranda and um, I How brought do you her in. My name? I didn't forget your name. Okay, you paused. And Michelle. <laughs> Eminem, man. Eminem. It's going to go one at a time. So, uh, but anyway, we'll just, we'll just do it all at once. So Miranda and Michelle, the M&M's with me right now, are with me. And uh, Miranda, you've heard before, she was on an earlier episode. And Michelle, I was supposed to be on her podcast once we recorded one of the coolest episodes <laughs> ever, totally hungover in my pajamas, in the lobby of a hotel in Charlotte, North Carolina, and the recorder didn't work, and we didn't get the episode. So we're going to do that one again sometime when Michelle has time to uh, have me on her show. With the hangover, too, right, I hope? I will will try to get a hangover again. (laughs) So uh, so anyway, say hello. Let's let's start with Miranda. Just say a quick hello, who you are, what you're about, what you do. Hi, my name is Miranda Markwood. I am a freelance writer and professional blogger, so I make my money writing online, but I also have uh, some podcasts. I have three different podcasts, and I love listening to Kevin Smith as well. Because there is nothing I love more in life than profanity-laced uh, wisdom. Yeah, I don't know and, how and many F-bombs and I, I, it and was, was just like, boom, was so many F-bombs. But there are so many great wisdom drops, right? And yeah, yeah. this this man, I, I consider myself very good at swearing, but he no. is a master. He's yes. a master of the craft. Totally. So, uh, Michelle, tell your story. What, what you're about, your website, where people can find you. Hi guys, I am here at Podcast Movement. My name is Michelle Jackson. I am a personal finance and lifestyle blogger. Uh, for the purposes of Podcast Movement, I'm also sharing my um, blog, or blog and podcast called The Done Society, D-O-N-E, Done Onto New Experiences, where I speak with people who are embracing digital entrepreneurship, kicking their nine to five lovingly to the curb, um, and just talking to to people who are embracing lifestyle flexibility, what do you mean? What do I mean by that? That means like instead of becoming a nomad and floating everywhere, you're actually reconnecting with the people that you love and know, and community that you're in, and hanging out with your kids because you chose to have them. You know, stuff like that. So I had, I had my um, baby girl on purpose. She's the cutest thing ever, and I don't think all babies are cute. I'm just saying. So that's, that's um, okay. And I'm, I'm in the you. nation. Uh, stages of growing my business. So it's been a really interesting thing. And there is a difference between self-employment and entrepreneurship. Well, so I want to start with a 
a little, I guess we already started. I'm going to continue with a, with a little story um, from with Michelle. So we both used to live in Denver. Michelle still lives in Denver. For a long time, I was Denver Eric on Twitter. Now I'm Eric Profits. But when I was still Denver Eric, one time Michelle came over to my old condo in Denver, and um, we sat down on the couch. I it was Christmas Eve. Yeah, it was Christmas Eve, which... Me being Jewish, no big deal. Um, <laughs> just like another another Thursday or whatever it was, or uh, Saturday. Um, so Michelle came, but a Saturday I didn't have to go to work the next day, so that was a, a bonus, I guess. Well, you never have to work on Christmas in this country. But um, I guess I do now, though. But anyway, enough about what day it was. Uh, so Michelle came over. Her blog was on Blogger, blogger.com, owned by Google. So embarrassing, right? Whatever. I there, at least I they all started. We all, bought, we all started on Blogger. And I had embarrassed somewhere. about it, right? And I helped her on that day, you know, no charge, Michelle's a friend, moved to WordPress, which later became a part of my business that's now my uh, website development business. I was throw shout outs to her. So I want to ask Michelle, so you know, what, you, know, you started on Blogger, you moved to WordPress, you've you know, moved forward a lot in the years since. How did that change help your online business grow? And what have you done in the last you know, few months to really try to make it pop? Well, I, I would say that when I when we did that switch from Blogger to WordPress, I was not business focused at all. I just felt like that that would be a better place for my blog to grow. Um, I had no idea what there was no strategy behind it other than a lot of people said it would be probably better to be on WordPress, and I thought that the WordPress blogs were prettier. I mean, it was it was that basic. It was just there there were no thoughts about business and that kind of thing. Uh, what, kind of did you new, feel restrained by Blogger? No, because really, I was just too too new into my journey, and um, so. You just moved to WordPress because all the cool kids were doing it. Yeah, basically. It was really okay. a very simple process for me. I was that like, is actually <laughs> one thing that is okay to do because the cool kids are doing it. About yes. 20 Now, it was not the case then, but now 25% of all websites on the entire internet are powered by WordPress, which is it's pretty astounding when you think how many billions of web pages That's there are. That's kind of shocking, actually. Yeah, it's like a quarter of the internet. But now, works. as I grow my business, I'm really thankful that I'm on WordPress because I own all my content. And I think that's a huge, huge thing that, you know, a beginning blogger, I don't think that they need to think too deeply other than just to start. Because a lot of people overthink the process. They never start and they don't get moving in a forward trajectory. How your blog or podcast, whatever you're doing, grows from there depends on you just starting. And so that was where I was at. I was like, I need, I feel like it's timed it because this is prettier and that was great. Now I'm several years in and now I can do some really business focused things because I'm on WordPress. Awesome. So um, do you have a favorite plugin? I know that's a really nerdy uh, WordPress question. <laughs> I, no, I just don't really. I, I use plugins and they're great, but I, I'm, not, I'm not thinking deeply about it. I, I like emotional <laughs> connections to the plugins I use. I might shout one out later, though. Okay, if you think of one, okay. don't hold back. Okay. All right, so Miranda, we've had you on before. We've talked about how you went from zero to becoming a uh, full-time freelancer. Right. We've seen a lot of success there. So anyone who wants to go back and listen to that episode, we'll have a link back in the show notes so you can listen to our first uh, Miranda appearance on the show. But now we want to talk about something different because so we, we are at the podcast conference and um, right. 
talking about podcasts all weekend, or I guess it's not a weekend, it's a it's a Thursday. It feels like a weekend. It does. I don't know. It does. Once you once I quit my job, I noticed that all of the days just started to blur together. Oh, yeah, like it's, yeah. It's crazy. I I make a point to take Saturdays off, but otherwise it's um I live in a perpetual weekend. <laughs> and I work every day. So it's like a it's always a weekend working day. <laughs> So, um, so how I know you have uh, a few podcasts. The one that I am you know, most familiar with is uh, is adulting, which you know sometimes I feel like I need to reference that. <laughs> I, I was talking yesterday to somebody. I was saying, you know, I feel like I still say with like my air, air quotes up in my fingers. Um, I have to talk to a real grown up sometimes, even though I'm a dad and I've had two mortgages and have a master's degree. Sometimes I don't feel like a real grown up. So right. was that, what was the genesis of the idea for you and, um, and Luke, your, your co-host or Harlan Flexo, whatever we want to call him, the man right. of many names, the man of three names. <laughs> um, what was your, how did that come to be? What was the idea like to start your podcast? Yeah. So, well, so Harlan and I were sitting around and we were talking about how we wanted to do a podcast together and we we're trying to figure out, well, what, what should we do our podcast about? What should it be about? And we were looking around and thinking, and at the time, um, my uh, husband had recently asked for a divorce. My divorce had just been made final, and he was he was he was staring. He was a few months away from turning forty. He was staring forty in the face, and we were sitting here going, "We, you know, I I've got to start over from scratch with my life as an adult." Because he really screwed up the midlife crisis. Right. Yeah. I have to say, you are a catch. Thanks. That's so <laughs> nice. And so. Um, so, you know, I've got to start all over again. And he's staring 40 in the face and he's just like, I don't know what I want to do with myself. So we we're like, my God, we're, we're supposed to have this figured out by now. Oh. So how do you be an adult? What does it mean to be an adult? How can we adult effectively? And so, so we started talking. And then, and then we started looking at the people we knew that were younger and people that uh, I swear, I honest, honest, I know somebody who was like, um, you know, I'm, I've arranged for an apartment, but you know, we're not going to move in. Uh, you know, we're, you know, I've got my stuff there, but I'm not going to be living there until after my wedding and my honeymoon. So, um, so yeah, it's great. I, I've got this space. Uh, I don't have to pay rent. What? And I didn't. I didn't understand that the last time you said that. They didn't think they had to. Pay? They didn't think they had to pay rent if they weren't like physically living there at that second. So that it was just going to sit there empty until, like, they reserved it, but it was just going to sit there empty until they. I'm they, rolling they my eyes. You can't see in. that on a podcast. And I was this just is like, why I feel like there should be like basic financial education, right? right? To graduate from like middle school. I know. Like, this is this is like basic basic. Wow. It's like really, guys. And then other, and then you know, I talked to some other people who were like, well, how do you do a, how do you, how do you plan meals without just like going and, and getting fast food every day? How do you do that without just like, and I'm just like. Really? You, like grocery shopping? You don't know how to like gross, like make a grocery list? You and, don't know and, how to use Google? I know, right? <laughs> That's like a thing on Google. You'd be like, how do, do I make, make a grocery list? I know. It's like, come like, on, guys. There's apps. Like, so so the there's Google just, works. you know, how do, we, how, do I, how do I act at my first job? How, you know, and, and people who had, who still had, who still had, you know, were, people were emailing me, pitching me with, and they had names like Party Girl 69 and I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not listening to a pitch from Party Girl 69. I'm so, sorry. So quick, quick interjection. Um, if your email address ends with at AOL.com or at Hotmail.com, it's time to change it. You're doing Maybe it even wrong. at so Yahoo.com. I'm totally judging. You're doing the internet Especially wrong. Especially AOL.com emails. It's like, 
Come on, it's 2016. I, I feel terrible because I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a local community organization. And I go down through all of the list, and it's like all these AOL.com addresses. And my I'm, heart hurts. Uh, yeah, and my heart, my heart breaks. <laughs> but it, part of it's because these people are all over the age of 60. And I'm just like, oh, come on, guys. When I do uh, website development work for, for people and do new websites, one of the first things I notice is where their email came from. And if you have any kind of business, you know, I guess you could, you, there are a lot of people who use Gmail as their uh, business email, and that's fine as long as you have a professional username, you know, it's like your business name at gmail.com. But otherwise, uh, you should have your own you at you.com. You know, I'm Eric at personalprofitability.com. I say that a lot. Eric, um, do you have a, a, and a I'm tutorial ter- on how to do that? Because it's not easy. I, I just did it a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know if I do, but I'll make one. I think you need to make at one. At narrowbridgemedia.com. That's my uh, web design and freelance writing site. I'll make a tutorial on that. So that's and, really important. Yeah, and, and I know I need to actually do that. Uh, Full disclosure here, I still use my Gmail address, but at least it's my <laughs> at full least it's name. Not AOL.com. That's right, oh, it's Miranda Marquit at gmail.com. At least it's my name, for heaven's sake. <laughs> so, anyway, so but we were just looking at it. We're just people we were talking to, the things that we saw with these, with these younger people, uh, just not knowing how to interact with people and having these life skills. We were like, well, we should we should do a podcast about this because, uh, and it can serve two purposes. You know, how do you how do you transform yourself and as as an adult, as as somebody who's in their thirties, how do you transform yourself and move forward and find a new way to adult at the same time? Uh, how do you be an adult when you're just starting out and get these life skills? So we kind of have this mix, and we we have videos up there, we have articles on the website, and then we have the podcast. And so it's been a lot of fun. Uh, it's adulting.tv. Make sure you go to adulting.tv if you go somewhere. <laughs> Yourself, you will never unsee the things that you see. There's some, there's some nasty stuff out there. There is. So adulting.tv. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of our genesis with that is we, we just kind of uh, looked at it and said, you know, let, let's talk about how to be an adult. Let's talk about these things. So if you were, you know, someone was out there listening right now thinking I want to start an online business of some sort, um, you know, they, they need their own website. That's a given. Do you think today going more written content like blogging or more audio content like podcasting is better so i think for today right now i think a good i think a mix is kind of what you need because we haven't made that full switch over and i think one of the things you have to realize is people consume their content differently uh even though i podcast and i do like listening to some podcasts i still primarily consume most of my media content by reading and a lot of people still do that. So I think you have to cater to a variety. And so if you can have uh, audio content plus the written content, and then if, if you have your druthers and you go ahead and throw in some video too. But but really, I, I think having... Commenters on YouTube are really mean. Oh my gosh, Get a yes. thick skin before you start doing video. Yes. Don't read the comments. <laughs> I respond to the comments. You do? I, I don't. I did my first video I ever tried was... Um, which I don't have many videos up on the Personal Profitability channel. I should do more of that. I did a video showing how to make it so that where the shower head connects to the pipe was leaking from my shower. So I knew how to fix that myself. I'm like, I'm going to make a video of that. I got this fancy new camera, and I made a video, and I got all these people hating, like, well, you fixed it wrong. I'm like... Well, it was fine when I fixed it. It stopped <laughs> leaking, so I guess it worked. Um, yes, yeah. yeah. So when we started the Money Mastermind show, 
right? So we start when we started the Money Mastermind show, and people were, were sending us, you know, feedback or whatever, sending us stuff. Uh, I was I'm the only woman on the panel, like the only permanent panelist who's a woman. And yeah. guess what? Everybody wanted to comment on your how looks? I look. Oh God! Your, yeah. your, they, they pick your, out the one. Yeah, the your one eye woman. shadow. Your eye shadow is weird. Like your eye shadow, you, you need different eye shadow. And I'm like. I just, you know, we just did a great, we just did a great episode about money philosophy. And I just explained my own personal money philosophy. And you don't have to agree with my money philosophy, but for heaven's sake, address my money philosophy. And whether or not you agree with it, don't address my eyeshadow. <laughs> Do you like how I censored myself there? <laughs> I, I, there's been an F bomb or two in this show before. Oh, okay. okay. I do try to keep it mostly PG thirteen. Okay, so there we, we just go. we just listen to Kevin Smith for an hour. So I know, all, right? all we can do is think in F bombs. That's right, so, and, and it's tricky. But no, so. but yeah. So that's one of the things is I was like, fine. If you don't agree with my money philosophy, that's cool. Let's talk about my money philosophy. But really, my eyeshadow and how I put on my eyeshadow. Meanwhile, right? Meanwhile, the other guys on this panel, right? We've got we've got one guy that's overweight. I love him, but he's overweight. And we've got another guy who. Going bald. You oh. got a Canadian, which and a Canadian. We got, got two Canadians. We got two Canadians. And and so meanwhile, you know, it's 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 not like it's not like we're all supermodels here or anything. But who's appearing? Who? What are they going to comment on? They're going to comment on the woman, and they're going to comment on her appearance. And that's so. Uh, but, and there but it was. Actually, I want to talk about the types of content. Um, you you should also mention that video incorporating some types of live streaming video mm -hmm. um you know when you're creating your 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 marketing formula it, it one it just depends on where your actual avatar and clients are but um miranda's right you, you kind of you have to kind of have your 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 finger in a lot of different pots uh so to speak in terms of how you get your message out there totally so, so so we are Totally lucky. One of my very good friends and someone whose last name you might think is Money, PT Money, the Money. Uh, the guy who runs the PT Money blog and the man behind all of FinCon, Philip Taylor, just sat down with us at the table. Say hi to everybody, Phil. Hey, Eric. Hi, everyone. So we were talking about you know the different mediums for you know new business owners who want to start an online brand. If you know, written content's better or audio content, being at a podcast conference. You know, there, one of our uh, one of our friends from FinCon is Pat Flynn, who's also here this weekend, and his philosophy is be everywhere. But for those of you trying to do this as a side hustle, you know, Pat, when he started, he was like all in. He didn't have any other distractions. This was going to be his new livelihood. Um, if you have to pick, you know, just one or two content channels that you should really focus on, uh, Phil, what do you think is the best place to start? Oh man. I would say the quickest from a technical perspective is obviously text. So any kind of blogging or art articles, that's probably the quickest way to get started. Um, it's certainly what's worked for me in the past. And I think it, it uh, is something that uh, Google knows how to uh, play with easily. Very true. Um, so they haven't it, figured out how to listen to podcasts yet. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not, uh, if you're kind of on the bootstrapping uh, marketing budget like I was when I first started, you know, I think text is a good place to start because Google can naturally figure out what it's about and then serve it up to the people who want to know about it. So for you know, so there's these new, lots of new video platforms keep popping up. You know, the, the one that everyone's used forever is YouTube. That's um, 
is actually the second biggest search engine in the world after mm. Google. It's bigger than Yahoo. It's bigger than you know, the the big search engines like Yandex and Russia and the Chinese engines. YouTube's number two. But we have these other new video platforms coming up like Periscope, um, which I've done a few scopes. Not not really my uh, my primary focus, but something I've done a little bit. Now Facebook Live has been rolled out for just about everybody, if not everybody. Um, what do you guys think for these new live video platforms? Do you think that's a better way to connect with an audience, or should people lean back on their original websites and um, really make that the primary focus? So I've, I've been trying to get into it a little bit um, and and just trying trying to kind of get my groove on it. I'm not super comfortable with live video, but I can see its value and I can see how you can feel like you're connecting, your audience can feel like you're, they're connecting to you in real time. And that is very valuable when, when people feel like you are right there with them and they are right there with you. And I think, and I can see where that's very valuable and something uh, to kind of move toward. Although I, I don't know how much time I would spend really, really making that my main focus, but I can definitely see uh, incorporating it a little bit more just, just so that people can have that kind of authentic feel to, to it. For me, I find um, live streaming to be a very important next step in how I'm going to grow my brand and just um, brand visibility. I think the key is that you, you have to have some kind of strategy behind it. So, you know, you can't just pop onto like Facebook Live and be like, hi, I'm like walking in the park and I have nothing to talk to you about. Like, you need to really be clear and folks focused about what you're drawing people away from their day from and, and you know, provide something of value, answer a question um, that people are, you know, dealing with who are in your community that you're serving. So you can't, if you're blogging about money and you just land on, on Facebook Live and start talking about my trip to San Diego, that, that there's a disconnect. But if you're, if you're showing up with a clear strategy over time, it, it can really grow your brand and um, again, getting people back to your website, to your written word, you know, you, you just have to have a clear focus and strategy about how you can get things, inter you know, connect things, connect the dots easily for your listeners and readers. So if they're finding your website, figure out a way to get them to your, your live streams, you know, and just really make it super easy so that they don't have to think hard about, well, you know, I'm going jogging, but I'd really love to hear, you know, Michelle's podcast. How, how would I do that? Like, make everything easy for people to consume where they're at already. And that's actually a, a phrase that I get from Letitia Stiles. She, she likes to market to, to her people awesome. where they are at. And, and it's completely, it makes sense. My two, two of my very favorite uh, periscopers are my friend Sandy Smith. Oh, yeah. And she does um, usually pretty late night stuff, which... It's all like 9 o'clock p.m. West Coast time, and she lives in New York. So I'm like, do you ever sleep? She Sandy? doesn't sleep. I don't think she sleeps. <laughs> and uh, Amanda Abella, she does some more like morning and afternoon stuff. And she's actually taking that content from Periscope, saving it and repurposing it to create a, a paid course. So there's lots of cool things you can do with that. And Phil, what do you think about the whole... Uh, live video movement that's starting, how people can leverage that. Well, I like it. Being in the event industry, obviously there's applications for my business with FinCon, but personally with PT Money, uh, it's not something I've heavily explored. You know, for me, uh, you sort of have to, cert have to have the certain 
personality type, or you have to be comfortable with that medium, right? It's very different. It from, takes some practice to get used to it. First yeah, time I, I did it, I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm I, just looking at my phone and talking. <laughs> uh, I, I started blogging because I was comfortable behind the laptop, you know, and I could take time to articulate my thoughts. And with video, you have to be a little more real. Yeah, obviously, you have to be more real time. So there's a lot more preparation, I find, that I have to put into it. And so it really puts up a barrier for me to be involved with it. But I love the platform in general. And I think there's more than the talking head sort of version of doing it that can be applicable and can be interesting. And so I'm kind of always on the lookout for, is there a way for me to use this without me just looking at the camera and talking? You know, uh, what would be an interesting way for me to share something or create some kind of content with this platform and this medium? Because they're powerful, right? Facebook is making their live uh, program they're very powerful so you know if you can figure out ways to do it I, I applaud it I think it's great so my biggest complaint about the live video platforms is there's not Wi-Fi on my entire walk from my apartment to where I go to co-working every day that's a lot of data streaming all that video out there so but it's I think it's really fun really cool and if you're um, you know, if you're looking at you know, trying to grow your brand one of the first places that uh, you should probably go which a lot of people are nervous to do this is your family and your friends because who are the first people that should be by your side anyway? Don't don't be a, a secret blogger. That used to be a thing. I didn't actually even tell my parents about my blogging until I was in it a couple of years um, because I thought they'd think it's stupid. And they probably still don't even really get how it works. I, I, I asked my mom if she'd ever listened to my podcast and she said she didn't know how. So, um, so I don't, but you know, family and friends, those should be the first people you go. And if you want to connect with those family and friends with a really genuine message, you can use those things like Facebook Live where your family and friends already are and tell them, hey, I got this new website. I've got this new brand. I've got this new service I'm offering. You know, maybe um, you're, you're starting a new handyman business. You want to earn that first dollar on the side. You're, you're good around the house. You know, start your website, you know, methehandyman.com. I don't know if that's a real website. Um, <laughs> but, you know, make your, make your website yourname.com. Go on Facebook Live. Tell everyone about it. Say, you know, go to my website. That's a place to find me and connect with me. And then use that website as a place that you can funnel people other directions into your other channels. So, you know, if Twitter's your thing or Facebook or Instagram or uh, there's there's so many of them out there now. And uh, you can make it a two-way conversation with those. But remember, with every single social media platform, you don't really own that content or that relationship. You can get burned there pretty easily. Facebook just announced last week that they're changing their algorithm on the Facebook feed and they're going to give pages who don't pay money even lower organic reach than they have now. So you, you never know what's going to happen with things like Facebook and Twitter, but you know with your own website, you can funnel people in there and then you build up an email list. You, you can always connect to people that way. So that I want to segue and ask, how are you guys um, finding the best connections with your audience right now? Is it email? Is it a specific social channel? Where, where are people that you connect to where you know someone who's listening wants to start their side hustle where should they go you know based on your experience closed facebook groups closed facebook so groups. i currently i've actually started a closed facebook group for my project the dun the dun society however i have participated in other closed facebook groups that are actually quite large so groups like camera luna's freedom hackers screw the nine to five and it's amazing because all of these people are people that you can serve 
And as long as you're, and, and this is tricky, so the group leaders will say drop value, which basically means answer questions. It doesn't mean, you know, share your website, all that kind of stuff, because that'll make them mad with good reason. But go in there, you know. I hate every, when they're like over the top. Yeah, though. don't like, be over top. Don't <laughs> leave a blog post. It's really annoying. Just go in there and answer people's questions and optimize your actual profile so people can go back to you. I often see. So the uh, so I, I'm in a lot of these Facebook groups, too. I have my own. It's called the Personal Profitability Group. If you're on the email list or sign up for the email list at personalprofitability.com, the first email you'll get from me has a link to that group, so you can join that. But something I've noticed, you know, I like to let people you know, show what they're doing and you know, ask for feedback, get help. If someone asks a question and they've already written an answer on their blog, you know, put the link there. I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And I see some groups, the leaders are like so, uh, I don't want to use fascist as the word, but they're so controlling and they're so afraid of people trying to use their group to spam people, which I get is, is a bigger problem with the groups of you know, five, 10,000 people. Uh, my group's a lot smaller. But... Um, you know, that's other group uh, administrators out there listening. You know, don't uh, don't take it too far. You know, remember to let people ha- have let a conversation. Share on Sunday, like Sunday is the day. Drop your links in, but every other day, like drop your value. That's it. Totally, I get that. So, Phil, what do you think? What's your favorite uh, medium for for reaching and connecting with audiences now? Uh, so, plus one for groups. I love them, but also I found that. That the, the first email I send in my autoresponder series uh, from PT Money, I ask a question, and that gets tons of uh, response back from, from the folks who are kind of wanting to engage with me. So it's, they've reached out and said, I'm signing up for this, and so my first thing is then to ask them a question. And so I like that tool. I know it's not necessarily social media, but it's, it's uh, email marketing has been around forever, but you know I, I really like the... The engagement I get from that—it's—it's it's, there's like a real quality to it. That I enjoy. I love that. What do you think, Miranda? Yeah. So, huh. interestingly enough, I still get more interaction um, when I post something on Facebook and just like just a link on my regular profile, and people go and 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 just leave comments about it. So I get that, and then I still have people leaving comments on my blog, and I don't know. <laughs> it baffles me because I know like blog comments are dying as slow, and as they're just dying this this huge death. But I still get blog comments on I still get comments on my blog. Every time I get a comment that's like an actual legitimate comment, there's so much, I get way more spam comments oh, yeah, yeah. than actual comments now. When I get a real legit comment, it like sometimes it makes my day. Yeah, well, like, yeah, because people comments, get like, wait, are they dying? There's a lot of blogs, um, even like big sites like um, Studio Press, they get removed oh, comments yeah. totally. And I've seen a lot of sites did that. But yeah. I've heard a uh, recent wave that they're kind of coming back a little bit. But because um, it's a cool way to have you keep that con- two way conversation yeah. going on an existing piece of content. You know, if someone leaves a really good, thoughtful comment, I mean, that sometimes that's better than the blog post itself. And I've actually taken comments and used that to start a new blog post. So, you know, I, I had this post on this topic. Here's what this guy said. Let's expand on it. And so anecdotally, yeah, anecdotally, from an SEO perspective, uh, they add to the you know the depth and information weight of the post itself. Mm-hmm. And so I've heard uh, friends who have removed comments, and that's had negative aspects toward their SEO. And so they put them back uh, on the site. Oh, it makes sense thinking about that, but I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, that's totally cool. So what? So what do you guys think now? Let's so. 
Um, you know, my, my big theme on, on this podcast, on the site right now, is earn your first dollar on the side. Start a side hustle, whatever it is. I have an epic post of over 100 ideas to earn your first dollar on the side that's coming down the down the pipeline um, in the next few weeks. Knock on wood. Uh, my graphic designer's computer. Um, my, my graphic designer is my sister-in-law, <laughs> and my nephew poured a uh, bottle of Gatorade on her, on her MacBook, um, which is a very expensive uh, lesson learned on um, keeping two-year-olds with Gatorade away from computers. So, so if you have kids, keep them away from your computers if they're holding liquids. But I think the stuff will, uh, will make it. But so back to uh, the original question. If you think if someone wants to earn their first dollar on the side and use the internet as a way to get their business out there, which I think any business, you know, whether it's a restaurant or a service or just you helping people mow their lawn, should have a website. Uh, but what um, what is your number one way you think you're seeing new people come in to earn their first dollar on the side online? Uh, a free, miss Freelancer? <laughs> oh, good Lord. Uh, uh, <laughs> I would say freelancing. Right, I mean, for real. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's... Play around with, you know, act like a act like a uh, a, a a platform owner uh, by by you know creating some content on someone else's platform initially, um, and they'll, they'll pay you good money. In freelance writing, it's really good money right now. It is There's a strong demand for content creators out there, and so if you're willing to create on someone else's platform, I think that's a easy way to start. And then you can see sort of you know what works best or what kind of angle you want to take, especially if you're not dead set on how you want to go about your doing your thing. It's a good way just to test, you know, test out the space, test the market. It's totally cool. So our, our the last, as we mentioned at the beginning, we just saw Kevin Smith speak, and he kept talking about you know, doing your thing, following your passion, and making that you know, some an outlet, a creative outlet, which is why he loved podcasting so much. Um, I don't think Kevin Smith sits there typing all day. He's a big talker, and we just witnessed he he really could probably. He said he could talk twenty four hours straight. I, I, I think he it. could. I totally uh, believe it. So for you guys, what was your big motivator that you know started this outlet? I know um, we all came from the personal finance realm, but do you have a story or an anecdote or something that happened to you that that clicked and you're like, I'm starting a blog, I'm starting a podcast, I'm starting. Something to get um, to get out there and either help people or get my name out there. What was your you know, your genesis, your uh, thing that clicked that you started? Whether it was uh, your new project that you've been working on or your original project that got you started online. So mine was uh, straight up necessity um, because my uh, then husband was starting his PhD program and. I knew that I wanted to stay home with my son, and so he had some, he had some student loans to help whatever, but it wasn't enough to pay for our living expenses, and I just had this fancy journalism degree, and so I said, it has to be done. And so I did crappy work for a couple of years, and because that's that was my motivation. It was, uh, do I want to try and make this work with a real job? Or am I going to make this work in an online context where I can stay home and I can and take care of my son and support my family while my husband does his PhD? So that was that was that. And then um, and I didn't start a blog. I didn't start a blog until I went to FinCon, and everybody said, "Well, what's your blog?" 
You gotta have your, well, your, I, I, your I don't place. have one. Everybody's like, well, we know who you are, but what, what, what's your blog? And Miranda was, uh, <laughs> she has definitely been prolific in her freelancing. Yes, she's written, gosh. she's written for everybody at some point, I feel like. I didn't write for you. That's true, you've never written for me. I didn't pay enough, I couldn't afford no. you. You're too good. Snap. <laughs> for me, I would, you know, when I first started blogging, I just was blogging because I needed an outlet, and... Actually, um, PT, I've told him this before, I won't weep this time when I tell this story, uh, where I randomly discovered FinCon in Denver two weeks before it was going to happen. Like, I had never heard of it. It was completely like, what is this thing? And and I took a risk, and I spent the money to go, and I was geeked out because all these, you know, personal finance bloggers that I'd been reading as a fan were going to be there. And, and oh my I'm, God, Eric Rosenberg's here, my so hero. crazy. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert, but in situations like that, I tend to like just stand back and observe. So it was really like, oh my God, this is crazy. Um, roll, you know, move forward five years from now. And for me, uh, it's interesting. Family actually plays a huge part of why I want to work online and work digitally. So for me, I want to create money online because we have the opportunity to do that. We are at the at the 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 you know uh, forefront of a huge change in how business is done. You can scale it. It 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 just you know my future kids. I want to have time with them. I want to be able to play with them and do things that as a latchkey kid, my poor mom, my parents divorced. She worked three jobs. I mean, literally three jobs. And so she couldn't, and luckily we lived in a really rich town. Don't feel sorry for me. I lived in Boulder as a kid, so it was great. But but like a lot of kids, a lot of Gen Xer kids, I was just out by myself doing stuff. Like, I'm su surprised I survived. <laughs> but um, I now have the ability with online, you know, just the scalability of business online yeah. to connect with a lot of people, do a lot of good, make a lot of money. And I'm like, I'm all in. I'm 100% in. And great. And, and it's with that vision of my future family that I'm crafting this business. This weekend, or this week, it's not the weekend, I'm here at Podcast Movement with you guys. And then I'm tag teaming that to visit my grandma in central Illinois. And before, I would have had to ask a lot of permission to do the things that are right for my family and for me. I can manage my health. Like, PT's looking svelte over here. My God. And I'm trying to lose weight. Oh, my God. I'm geeking out. I'm geeking out. All right. So I have to uh, interrupt you. Kevin Smith. So Kevin Smith just walked over. He's picking up the microphone. He is here on the Personal Profitability Podcast. Hey, oh, my God. Is that what this is about? Can we talk about making money? I was told it was about anti-Semitism. I was like, I don't know if I can have anything to say. Well, I'm, I'm Jewish. So. What is so wait? It's about money? Yeah, yes. so personal profitability. So we talk about how people can earn their first dollar on the side. They have a they have their jobs they go to, they slave away. It's not always their favorite place to be. And earning money on the side is a huge way people can totally change their life. And you're someone who, um, when you started out with your career in entertainment, what was your first step, the number one thing you did to start earning money and make it happen? Um, we got lucky with the first flick we made, Clerks, got picked up oh. by Miramax. So that like that helped a big deal. Suddenly, they had just been bought by Disney, so they had lots of money. And when they got bought by Disney, a lot of people started bagging on them, going, like, they're going to go soft. They're not going to do edgy movies anymore. And because of that, Harvey Weinstein was like, oh, I'll show you edgy. And they, you know, I'm going to buy the worst black and white American independent film there is. And Disney's going to put it out. And they 37 did. 37 so, Dicks? Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> That was a Disney movie at the time. So for me, it was, I got very, very lucky. But with podcasting, I was just telling the cats, 
because I did the keynote earlier this morning. That's like great. it started as a thank you. It started uh, figuring out how to make money became a necessity because as much as I love doing it, it cost me to do with all the people downloading the podcast, the storage and stuff. So we gradually like figured out like, oh, well, I guess we could do what they used to do back in the days of old television, find a sponsor. Like Geritol would sponsor 21, the game show. It's like, maybe we can find somebody to sponsor our show. And this is like going back about almost 10 years ago now. So we reached out to, I'd gotten a letter at one point from uh, a company when we made this movie, Zach and Mary Make a Porno. The email that I received was from this company. They were like, we love the movie. Thanks for the shout out in the movie. If you ever want to do a branded product with us, get in touch. Love, Fleshlight. So I was like, I, I filed it away because I was like, it's rare that you get a letter from the guys that manufacture male masturbatory devices. That's huge. That's an important industry. It's a big industry. It's growing, as we all know. One that you just want to push yourself into. So uh, thank you very much. So... So uh, I kept that letter for like two years. And then when I was like, oh, my God, we need somebody to pay for these podcasts, the storage and stuff, I remember those cats. So I reached out to Fleshlight and I was like, hey, we do a podcast. This is kind of relatively new thing. This is going back like a decade. I was like, would you guys be interested in like paying for it? It's only like 2000 bucks a month to like cover our storage fees and stuff. And so they jumped on and suddenly we created this little business and it was more out of necessity. It was not like, let's live off this. It was like, I just want to, I don't want to pay for this out of my own pocket. But then it kept growing bit by bit. Like we, you know, rather than just sit around the house and talk to each other, I was like, let's try to do this out in the world. And then suddenly you could tell us, sell tickets to that sort of thing. Um, bit by bit, we were able to kind of turn it into a business that I was literally able to walk away from movies for three years. And when they pay you to make movies for a living, that's like heroin. That's like being a junkie. <laughs> it's tough to walk away from free money to make pretend something I would have done otherwise. But I was I was making enough money from just podcasting that I was like, I'll do this. Because in podcasting, I could sit around and do whatever I wanted. Like self-expression is a wonderful medium but there's all different ways to do it and unfortunately i chose film at one point and film is the stupidest way to do it if i was a painter you'd give me a black can blank canvas i could just put a bunch of color on it you'd know how i was feeling inside that'd be my self-expression if i was a singer i could open up my mouth and bam you'd understand my the intonations coming out of me what i felt but unfortunately i chose filmmaking it's the stupidest art form in the world because it leads you to say shit like this I want to self-express. Give me $20 million and Ben Affleck, you know? <laughs> so podcasting was a way to eliminate all the Sturm and Jang, literally just bring it down to storytelling essence and sit there and talk. So I like that way more than filming. Like you don't have to find money for that. You don't have to find anything. You just have to find time, not dimes. So I started doing it. And like anything in life, you love something, you want to do it all the time. You better figure out how you're going to pay for that thing. And slowly we just kind of figured out how to do it. Like it's weird walking around now and being like, there's a whole industry around this shit. Like, there are advertisers and shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you're doing a podcast about this alone. So it's, I don't know, it's been wonderful to watch it grow. And being in the room with those cats, I kept trying to remind them, like, we're all at ground zero. Like, you know, when, when they talk about the early days of TV and movies, none of us were there. So you just, like, think about it in black and white, old-timey terms. We are literally ground floor for the birth of an industry that's going to outlive us all. People will be doing this shit 100 years from now. And we're all there for the beginning. Like, we're written in the book, every one of us, man. It's kind of a cool thing. So if someone doesn't have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck mm -hmm. and Miramax behind them, yeah. and they want to really try to grow a brand and get themselves out there, they're, they're just starting from scratch. What is your best advice for someone 
today to you know go out there and try to hit the ground running. It's very common advice. You'll get it everywhere in life. You probably got it as a kid and stuff, but I'll remind you as an adult because it's the only reason that got me anywhere, including to this moment where we're talking right now. You be you. Like, that's it. That's all you got in this world. Your voice is your currency. That's all you got, man. If you got good looks, enjoy them while you got them because you age out of those good looks. You got youth, enjoy that shit because one day you're old and you I'm, die. I'm going for the Anderson Cooper look when this goes. It's good. It's I'm, good. I'm, I'm gonna get you're working it. You're, you're one tie away from being Anderson himself. <laughs> go. But, like, the thing that never goes away in this life is your self-expression. Your voice is your currency, man. That's who you are. It's how you see the world, the prism through which you spit out everything and stuff. That's valuable. And a lot of people want to sheep it up and go like, well, what works? Let me do what works. But there's a little bit of success potentially going that way, doing what others have done. But what you have to say is something that she can. She can. He can. I can. And stuff. It's insanely unique, which makes it valuable. Because while it's unique, it's a shared common experience as well. There's somebody like you out there that feels and thinks the same way. So when they hear your voice in the, doing, in the world of podcasting, you build an audience by people going like, oh, that's the way I think and stuff. And when you build an audience, it's very bittersweet in podcasting because you're just building an audience to send them out to do the same thing. Eventually, everybody who listens to you will record their own podcast. So it's a weird business because it's predicated on building an audience that you then encourage to go do the same thing. They get too busy to listen to your stuff. But then you hope to bring in a brand new audience. So you got to constantly regenerate. But the best way to do that, you don't need fucking Matt Damon. You don't need Ben Affleck and stuff. It helps. Don't get me wrong. But you don't need those cats to get Sarah somewhere like that. fucking Matt Damon. I heard that once what? in the video, man. I think she won an Emmy for singing that as well. But you don't need those cats. Basically, you just need what you have. And that idea that you have that you kick around and you're like, oh, man, I wish I would do that. I always thought about doing that. It could be cool. And then you don't do it. That's failure right there. Like some people don't want to do stuff because like, what if it fails? Failure is not doing the thing because you're like, what if it fails? What if it succeeds? What if it changed your life? Like what if it was just the, the beginning of who you are and stuff? So it's always kind of worth taking the shot, I like to say, whether or not you have Matt Damon or Ben Affleck. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No worries, that. That's man. really what it's all about. It's doing, doing your thing and getting out there. I so, think so. I think thing. so. And sometimes you do that and wind up running into money. That there you go. Great. To bring it home full circle. Great. May we all follow in your footsteps. Silent no, Bob, I'll Kevin follow Smith, in yours, everybody. Personal Profitability Podcast. Thank well you so done, much folks. for being here. Thank I appreciate you. it. Thanks for having. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, we appreciate right, so it. So we're, we're going to end on that really awesome note. Kevin Smith, everybody, was just here. Um, you know, go check out his movies. They're awesome. If you're if you're not a fan. Gen Xers, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I've watched all of his movies maybe a dozen times. Dogma and clerks and um that's why i was making jokes i, I don't normally make dick jokes on on this podcast but when the, man who, when the man who wrote the dick jokes what a here, treat what a treat to do it so uh so so thanks kevin for for stopping by thanks uh thanks phil thanks michelle thanks miranda thanks miranda for getting up and walking over and asking kevin smith to Yay. come over hey, here. yeah you proving that you have to take risks and action <laughs> my name's miranda i have balls thank you there we Boom. go <laughs> and she's good at adulting so everyone, thank you so much for listening to the end. As always, it's been a pleasure having you. Thanks to the guests. Thanks for being a part of the personal profitability community. Um, you can always connect with me. Send me any questions, comments, eric at personalprofitability.com or just go to personalprofitability.com, join the email list, find out what everyone's up to. And that's, that's what we have for today. So until next time, stay profitable.
Thanks for listening to the Personal Profitability Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating on iTunes or share it with a friend.